0: Bed. what community sounds like stay open hey guys this is chris from tap the craft i want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show b cups b cups is the world's first line of style specific beer cups for people on the go whether by the beach pool hiking or on the boat bee cups are great for any place you can't use glassware they're dishwasher safe lightweight bpa free Recyclable and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at Bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S.net. Go check it out.
1: craft beer friends and welcome to season six episode 13 of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose i'm coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft the Whales bro from tampa florida mr chris mckenzie how are you doing tonight chris and what is in your glass
0: i'm doing really good tonight denny um i haven't been out and searching for any whales lately so mm-hmm. again I, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep that name too much longer
1: okay maybe i gotta I'm... stop it for 2020
0: yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm brewing my own whales at home now. So.
1: <laughs> All right, I like to hear that.
0: Nothing, nothing crazy. But uh, <laughs> tonight in my glass, I'm actually drinking a beer. Uh, it's from here in Florida from a brewery called Three Sons, and it's called Excuse My French Toast. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. So this is
0: a uh, this is a French Toast inspired Stout that. Um, I was really expecting to drink and, you know, just get just pummeled in the face with maple flavor. And Mm -hmm. it's actually not too bad, but it is, I believe, a 16 ounce can. Yeah, a 16 ounce can that is um, even after enjoying about half of it, the maple flavor is even as. Not as crazy as it was. I still had to dilute it. So I went and got my chocolate milk stout and I diluted it with that. <laughs> and I'm really enjoying this. Well,
1: there you go. You did a blend. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, that the works.
0: The guys down in, at Three Sons and I should get together. <laughs> do a little collab session. A
1: collaboration, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I got to give a big shout out to my buddy Leon for providing this to me. Um, I would have never gotten this had he not taken a little puddle jumper down the three suns oh he actually he and his buddy flew an airplane from tampa to miami to go to a beer event
1: oh nice
0: yeah they're fancy yeah so so cheers to you leon thank you for this beer um and that's uh, i actually got this at uh one of my beer related activities that he oh. was attending oh sweet but it's really good but how are you
1: this evening and what is in your glass well i'm doing all right i uh, it's snowing here in boise so winter winter is amongst us uh it uh, we had some snow this weekend or yesterday i guess and some snow today and hopefully we won't get snowed in i don't think so It'll just be nah, yeah you know, a little bit of snow it's, it's always fun but yeah it's i'm doing all right just trying to get readjusted to you know work i mean i, I worked last week too but you know i had 2 weeks off for vacation uh over the holidays and i i won't say it was really a vacation cuz i was working like i wasn't working for the man i was working for the woman oh yeah <laughs> for the lady oh, yeah. <laughs> the lady of my life but uh but no it was uh it was good but yeah things are going all, going well and i'm drinking a really fantastic beer i've never had this beer before but i uh, i found it at the co-op uh, this weekend and I, you know, I love this style, and I don't get enough of this style because nobody brews it. But it's uh, it's from Woodland Empire Alecraft here locally in the Boise area, and it's a 16 ounce can like what you're drinking, a 16 ounce can. And this one's called Wolf Like Me, and it's a Baltic Porter. And uh, I just wish that more breweries would brew this porter because uh, I love the mouthfeel, I love the the Baltic Porter flavor, and, and again, I think John and I did a a segment on what the Baltic Porter is all about and the way they brew it, and the and you know it is a little bit uh, special the way they do it, and and I think uh, I just like the that process because it it provides a a mouthfeel and a and a, a finish to this porter that is really enjoyable, and it's got super dark roasted malt and uh, you know nice heavy heavy-duty uh, mouthfeel and body, uh, and I'm really enjoying it. A little bit of chocolate character in there, too. Um, but, yeah, I've only drank, uh, I poured it into my 20, I think it's a 20-ounce, I mean, you know what, maybe it's a 16, just over 16-ounce uh, nonic pint glass. It's not a traditional 20-ounce version. I think this is one a little bit smaller, but I've I drank about a third of this beer so far, but I, I'm really enjoying it.
0: So. Well, well, you know how to get more Baltic porter, don't you? brew it
1: myself. Exactly. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. And you know what? I think that is gonna have to be the case because I usually only get this style when people homebrew it and provide mm-hmm. it to me. And in fact my buddy Steve a few years ago, he he and his his buddy brewed up a, a batch and it was fantastic. I loved that beer. And I think I might even talk about it on the on a show if, wouldn't be surprised if I did. And uh, he brewed a second batch of it, and then they haven't brewed it since. And I, I saw him this weekend, and, I, and he gave me some of more of his homebrew. In fact, I was going to drink that on the show tonight. Uh, it's a, a Mac and Jack's on steroids. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not a big Mac and Jack's fan. It's an, you know, Mac and Jack's Amber, it's a pretty famous amber. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. But I said, hey, get, I'll take a couple bottles, and I'll try it out. And, you know, if it's 8%, alcohol yeah I, I might enjoy it I'll tell you what I did enjoy that homebrew he did a really nice job on that it you can feel that it is a little bit amped up because of that that amber that amber uh, maltiness and the sweetness kind of comes through a little bit in the finish so you kind of get a sense of uh, of the alcohol in there but it still is a, a really flavorful and, and good amber i really enjoyed that one. i have one more bottle of drink another 22 ounce bottle but uh, i was gonna drink it tonight but i didn't i thought you know what i don't need to drink an eight percent beer on the show i don't want to get on. i don't want to get blitzed If so Come I, on. I so i settled for a seven percent instead mine was 7.8 <laughs> <laughs> well you're gone. a man you're a, you're a, well you're a youngin
0: too you're younger than me don't give me that crap <laughs> Mr. Mr. I come back from Israel and I hang with those guys all day. I get five yeah. hours of sleep and I drink those boys under the table. I
1: don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: I guess I'm just some kind of superhero.
1: Yeah, I am when I'm traveling. You know what? But I, I, honestly, I haven't recovered since then. So maybe that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> once I once I do that, I I I hurt myself. I hurt my your jet body. lag was super lagged. Yeah, yeah, super lagged. <laughs> all right. Let's get this uh, party started. But before we get into the show, I like to explain to anyone new listening to Tap to Craft what we're all about. And we are a podcast, an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode 143 and we're recording on Monday, January 13th, 2020. All right, should I say 2020 or should it be 2020?
0: I don't know. It, it's I'm kind of on the fence about it. 2020, then you sound like Barbara Walters. Yeah, I
1: know. That's what I was thinking. It's like it sounds too uh, cliche. You know, 2020. Yeah. So maybe 2020. I'll just keep 2020. Maybe I could say 20 uh, odd 20. No, that would be 20. <laughs> that would be two hot 20. <laughs> uh, no, that doesn't work either. Uh, all right. Well, hey, in this episode, we are going to be just, we we have a a. An information-packed episode for you. We have a lot of content. It's going to be a long show. I'm going to tell you that right now because we got a lot of stuff going on. We'll try to not make it too long, but hey, be prepared. Go get that beer right now. Settle down in a nice, comfy chair and and get ready for a good show. But we're going to be talking about the history of the Belgian whip beer, along with some style notes. Now, not the not the tasting notes and the style notes that we've gone bef- into before with the uh, BJCP style guidelines we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit more uh, uh, smaller version of, of that we're gonna just kind of you know gloss over some of the key highlights of the style um, but um, I I decided to go ahead and do this uh, topic because when we went through the history of our beer there were a number of entries in that history that I wanted to go back and revisit and one of those things one of those ones I wanted to revisit was the the history behind the whip beer because I thought it, what we had talked about was pretty interesting, and I wanted to find out more about it. So I found a couple sites that, that really gave a nice uh, background history of the Whip Beer, all the way back from its origins in Belgium and how it's uh, it grew into what it is today. So look forward to that. We also have an article about a brewery's ABV, Alcohol by Volume Shortcomings. Let's hear about that. And we've got a lot of listener feedback, and we have quite a few voicemails to get through, too. So we've got quite a show. Plus, you know that Chris and I are going to have some great conversation along the way. So, Chris, let's get this conversation started with finding out what our listeners are drinking, according to Untapped. All right. So
0: we do have quite a few of them. So like like you and I talked about earlier, we're probably going to have to pick the... uh... The best and the worst. Kinda, okay, gotta can't go with the mediocre three and three quarter caps ones. We it's got to be good or just absolutely horrible. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start off with something really horrible. Oh, <laughs> and it's going to be from Henrik, and he's drinking a Yukorn maize beer by Brew, Boone <laughs> Ro- Boone Rod Boone Road Brewery, and apparently he's drinking this in Thailand. Oh. Gave it three quarter caps. Three quarters. What I said. Yeah, <laughs> notice what I said. Not three and three yeah, quarters. Three quarters. Just three Less quarters. Like seventy-five percent of a cap. Uh and just writes, not recommended. <laughs> wow.
1: He really and liked that one.
0: It says just in the in in the notes, if you click on the actual beer on untapped, it just says made from one hundred percent fresh corn and the overall rating for this thing is 2.19 so i'll give you an idea how good it
1: is yeah nobody likes it
0: no not at all um this one guy he purchased it at a 7-eleven so that's another indicator
1: (laughs) wait a 7-eleven in thailand uh or is it being mm, brought over to the states
0: (laughs) i don't know because it's uh yeah so this one's at a resort and it says a Seven Eleven. so yeah this one's in Bangkok uh this one's in Thai I keep, you, it's written in Thai so I can't really see where that is uh so yeah Seven Eleven. 11 this guy's flipping off the can he hates it so much he writes <laughs> the worst <laughs> um yeah and that that's written in Russian and that's just angry looking so it's uh tells you don't don't go buy this beer don't go buy this beer okay Um, but Henrik is drinking a few different things while he's there and he's purchasing them all at 7-Elevens, which pretty, pretty neat. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know where to go with that.
1: (laughs) I don't know where to go either. Um, Chad Lamassa is drinking
0: a Grandin champagne yeast pale ale. So that would kind of be like a brute pale ale. Yeah. It sounds like almost not completely, but almost Uh, that'd be from, from Omnipoyo and he uh, Grandin Champagne Yeast Pale Ale. Okay. And then, uh, Chad's drinking, uh, that, uh, that at the Black Forest Tap House. And he writes, never had a beer from Omnipoyo, nor was Champagne Yeast. It's definitely interesting, but he still gave it four caps on that. Um, and my buddy Stephen Brown's been drinking a few things that, uh, one of them is Julius by Treehouse Brewing Company, which he gave four and three quarter caps to, uh, no notes from him. He's not a big notes guy. And then this next beer he's drinking, he and I rated it the same thing. And it's one of my new and noteworthy beers. So I'm going to skip that. Okay.
1: One. Skip that.
0: Uh, then let's see. Jim Kudzal is drinking a sip of sunshine by Lawson's Finest Liquids. Oh. And he writes, awesome, smooth, double IPA. I would love to try this on draft. Just the right balance of hop bitterness and tropical fruit flavors. Four and three quarters caps from Jim Kudzall for that one. And I would agree with that one. That is quite a tasty beer. <laughs> That's one of those that you, uh, you'd you go searching for and pray to God that it's fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's on my list. Uh, yeah. Um, Jeff Seiler is drinking a modern ballad of self-torture by Burial Beer Company, and he writes delicious hazy, dank and tropical galaxy and Simcoe hops make for an excellent IPA uh, four and a half caps for that beer. Uh, next is Chad Lamasa again drinking a nitro creme brulee by Southern Tier Brewing Company, and he writes, I love the regular version of the creme brulee. This is just slightly inferior. <laughs> uh, Southern Tier makes <laughs> Southern Tier makes the only nitros that I like though, uh, four and a quarter caps uh, for this beer. I did have that actually a couple of weeks ago, and it was not bad. Mm. I didn't hate it because the the creme brulee is uh, to me it's um it's very sweet, yeah. Uh, and the nitro actually toned it down for me a little bit, so it was a uh, it was a little more enjoyable. Um, uh, next on the list. Stephen Brown again is drinking a curiosity 87 by treehouse brewing company four and a quarter caps on that one. No notes. Um, I'm going to read this one just because I like this beer. William Lake is drinking an Elliot Ness by great lakes brewing company. While he only gave it three and three quarters caps. I still like that beer. Mm. So, um, William Schlemmer is drinking a molten mirrors by three Floyd's brewing company. Checking in at that residence in by Marriott again. William, I'm really curious about what's going on at this Marriott. Um, that that you're, uh, you're able to find all this good beer. Uh, and he writes, very interesting. Lots of flavors going on. Four and a quarter caps for him. Uh, no notes on this next one from him. So I'm just going to skip on past that one. And William Schlemmer is drinking a Spotted Cow Grand Cru. By Ooh. New Glarus Brewing Company. Now Spotted Cow is pretty good on its own. Mm-hmm. But the Grand Crew, that that's pretty good. The the Crew is uh is a blend. So I'm curious to know what's all of this what's this all about, because that would be pretty good. I'm not gonna read all that. That's a lot of information to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he uh he checked in at Ray's tasting room. So he was not at the Marriott for that one, <laughs> um, uh, but he just writes much more interesting than regular Spotted Cow with a four cap rating to go on that one. And I'm just going to skip mine because okay. that talk was about it. well. You know what? Nope. You know what? I I'm going to read it. Oh, all I wrote was thanks, Leon. I gave it four and a quarter caps <laughs> on the excuse my French toast by Three Sons Brewing Company. I'm drinking that at the Beer Cave, which is my house.
1: All right, you got one more. That's what everybody's drinking. Oh, you missed one. I do? Yeah,
0: refresh. I did? Yeah. Oh, refresh. I'm not reading that. (laughs) 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 So... well, because you rated it so highly. <laughs> Denny Luce is drinking A Wolf Like Me by Woodland Empire Alecraft, and he's drinking it at the Bat Cave. Yes. And he writes, This is fantastic. So well done, and a great dark malt chocolate roasty flavor. Four and a half caps for that Baltic porter.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm, that. I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I was only a third of the way wrong. through. Now I'm almost done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm about uh, two thirds <laughs> of the way through my glass as well. But that, Denny, is what everybody's drinking.
1: All right. Excellent job. Wow. Some good beers in there and a and at least one bad beer. I think only one was really bad. And I'm not gonna drink the whatever unicorn maize beer. That sounds horrible. Uh, I'll stay away yeah, from Yeah. I mean I think stick staying
0: away from the uh the corn beers is is fine by me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Chris, uh, you had an activity, you, you mentioned, uh, an activity, uh, a little earlier. So why don't you talk about this?
0: I did. So we were able to, um, actually kind of open up our training facility to some friends, um, and actually have a little bit of a bottle share and a potluck dinner. Mm, and, uh, nice. we, we had, yeah, we, we were able to, um, you know, there wasn't any training going on. so uh I invited a few friends uh my buddy Leon happened to be one of them so he uh he brought some beer to share and uh his daughter Kaylee who actually works for us was there as well so um it was pretty nice to be able to uh just kind of relax at work and I smoked a pork shoulder and um Leon smoked some ribs and some other people brought or my friend Trey brought some macaroni and cheese and um Some other friends of ours brought, you know, some drinks and some all kinds of stuff. So we uh, we set up a big table in the middle of our training room, which our training rooms uh, about almost 50 by 50 feet. So it's a pretty large room. And uh, we set up a one of those 10 by 10 easy up tents with a (laughs) uh, movie screen in it. And oh, we were projecting wow. a lord of the rings movie in there out in the um <laughs> out in the uh, play area at like the um not play area but like the uh like the dog run the dog yard and uh people were just hanging out out there drinking a couple beers a few guys were smoking cigars and uh some of them were watching the lord of the rings but just kind of hanging around chit-chatting and, and just enjoying the evening so we had the uh the big bay doors up and open so we had a nice breeze rolling through it was just a good night uh, nice. I got to try a lot of things, uh, specifically uh, all of my new and noteworthy beers are were from this bottle share the other night.
1: Okay. Well, you want to move right into that then? Since you're talking about it, you might as well just finish uh, up.
0: Sure. Yeah, we might as well. Um, and my new and noteworthies are all going to start to sound a little bit of the same uh, because <laughs> all four of them were from Corporate Ladder. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, So I'm going to start with the lowest one, which my lowest one got uh, four and a half caps, which was, and I really want to look these up because the flavors on them uh, were really good. But the the first one was going to be, it was called Chasing Butterflies and Chasing Butterflies was... I didn't realize there was that many flavors in this. Uh, So it was, surprise, a sour. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a Berliner. And it says on their listing in Untapped that we took our quick turnaround mixed culture base and added pineapple, guava, banana, orange, passion fruit, peach, pear, apricot, tangerine. And we rounded it all out with some vanilla for good measure. Mm. (laughs) And he just writes, how's that for chasing?" Butterflies, (laughs) Butterflies, <laughs> um, and that one got a four and a half caps for me, uh, which I really enjoyed. Now moving on up to the other one. So, so
1: that was your low one. On, four and a half was low. That was my low one. <laughs> okay yeah, the
0: other three, the other three were five caps. Oh wow! And just, just like you, I don't rate things because my buddy happens to own the brewery, and I want to make him smile. I rated it based based on how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the first one I want to talk about it was called uh, Pink Slip. Now, Pink Slip was another Berliner, I believe, and I want to make sure it was a strawberry lemonade Berliner. Uh, it was. It says in their listing here it was treated with forty pounds per barrel of strawberry puree Damn. and twelve pounds of juiced lemons. Uh, since you can drown your workplace exit in this, <laughs> um, this one got five caps. This was way too easy to drink. Uh, but it was, uh, so, so good. Now the next one, vanilla bean you to the punch, which this, I, I wasn't following so much the, uh, the name until I realized what was in it. Now it's their beer is called beat you to the punch, which is a fruit punch Berliner. And then they just added vanilla to it. How about that, Tara?
2: <laughs> yeah. They put vanilla in
0: it. And it was, I mean, it was nothing over the top. It was very subtle and it worked out very well and another five cap rating for me. Um and all of these were supplied by my buddy Leon. So I think I'm just going to have to invite him to some more bottle shares.
1: <laughs> yeah. So were these all f- like beers that were just released and he had made a trip, you know, through a corporate ladder and just brought them to the bottle share or had he been yeah. saving some of these? No. So these were all,
0: um, they did, I think a three beer release on a Saturday. Um, I know pink slip and vanilla Bean. you to the punch were all released on the same day. Chasing butterflies was in a Crowler. Um, okay. I actually had a crowler of that at my house the other day. So, um, it's very, very good, solid beer and nice and easy to drink, but it's, uh, easy to get too, which is nice. Um, and then the last one I want to talk about was also, I believe was also released the same day as the pink slip and the the beachy vanilla bean you to the punch. And this one was called the Champorado. And Champerado was one of those beers that were like, uh, cinnamon, chocolate, um, cinnamon, chocolate, chili peppers, Mm. um, cinnamon, trying to make sure I get all these in here, but it was very similar to what we talk about when we talk about the Hunapu from Cigar City. Yeah. This one was written in as a Mexican hot chocolate-inspired imperial stout. Cocoa nibs, cayenne pepper, cinnamon, agave nectar, vanilla, and marshmallow. It like pretty much cycles around the same flavor profile as the Hunapu, and it blows the pants off of Cigar City's Hunapu. Wow.
1: Wow, damn. I, that's, not, uh... even, not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even close.
0: <laughs> um, to me, I, I could do without Hunapu. This, wow. I really, really enjoyed. Now, the marshmallow, I think, maybe the marshmallow and the agave nectar add a little bit more sweetness to it, uh, but, man, this this was a five-cap beer for me um, that only came in, I think, a 375-milliliter bottle.
1: Well, that's probably but all you need.
0: So, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's a 12% beer. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I was really excited to get some of those because they are, a uh, corporate ladders about a half an hour from me and I don't always get the chance to go down there. Yeah. But next Thursday, I'm sad to say that I have an appointment in a town called Palmetto. Oh. Which happens to be the same town. Yeah. The corporate ladder is even better. My appointment, I believe is between like four and five. And I am not heading up I-75 at rush hour. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am going to corporate ladder. <laughs> I'm going to corporate ladder and I am going to make sure I enjoy some beer. There you go. Nice. So, now that I've done my talking, Denny, let's hear about some of your new noteworthy beers.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I did not have quite the experience you did, but I did have some good beers. But man, you, you nailed it with those three, five cappers in there. Uh, that w- that was nice, but uh, I'll start off mine starting with the lower, the lower uh, uh, ratings, and then move up to the highest rating. Which I don't have any five ratings this week, so uh, but they're close, they're close. So first off, is I had the chance of picking up Prairie Artisan Ale's Christmas Bomb. I've been uh, you know trying these bomb beers every time a new one comes into town, trying to make sure I get through all of them because I've for the most part I really enjoy the bomb series. I haven't had a bad one yet. Now, with that being said, this isn't a bad beer. Uh, it's the traditional bomb with the cinnamon and and chocolate and everything. It's like twelve percent or something like that. You know, big. Uh, but I felt that this one didn't have quite the mouthfeel or the body that the other bomb series had. So I rated it a little bit lower than than the fives I've been giving other ones. I gave it a four. So that's what. Uh, but it was good. It's not a bad beer. But again, when I'm paying Ten dollars for a twelve-ounce bottle, I it better be, you know, it better be bringing bring bringing the money, right? If I'm gonna be paying mm-hmm. that money, I wanna I wanna make sure they deserve it. So, I was a little bit disappointed in the Christmas bomb. That was the 2019 version. Then, uh, let's go a little lighter lighter in flavor. Uh, Topping Goliath. I have a couple of Topping Goliath beers uh, that I'm gonna talk about. The first one is uh, something I didn't even know Topping Goliath did. Uh, they do a, a lager, uh, Dorothy's New World Lager. Uh, it's actually a California Common, and they they say in the description in Untappd that it's their flagship beer. Did you know that Topping Goliath had a flagship beer, and that beer was a lager? I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea either. I would have figured it would have been, you know, Pseudo Sioux or King Sioux or whatever, right? I thought, you know, one of their big IPAs that they're known for. But no, this one is their uh, their flagship. Uh, I gave this also a four-cap rating. I really enjoyed this lager. Now, I, I enjoy lagers. I don't need to have that hop in my face every time. Uh, I can enjoy some nice, good, malty, uh, corny. It's a little bit corny, not too much corn, but a little bit of corny flavor in there. I really enjoyed it, and I could find myself drinking, a, you know, a four- or six-pack of this pretty easily during the summertime. So I'm hoping this is a will be making its rounds to... Uh, our area more often and the next one is a a beer you've been asking if i've drank uh in the last couple shows it's from amagang it's the game of thrones my watch has ended the imperial brown ale with maple syrup and some other stuff in there and uh wow this beer was way better than i thought it was going to be i was really scared that it was going to be way too sweet with that maple syrup and I was so glad that when I, and I was hoping to drink it with my daughter and I, we didn't drink it. So I had to drink it by myself. This is a 22, 22 or 20, 25 ounce bottle. So I was a little bit nervous. Uh, I popped it open, I poured it and I started drinking it. I was blown away. The maple syrup uh, flavor comes through uh, very nicely and it, it doesn't come across sweet. It just gives you that, that maple syrup flavor to kind of, uh, you know, uh, complement the other uh, roast, you know, toastiness of the the Imperial Brown Ale. Uh, It's a big beer. I forget what the alcohol content is, but it's it's a big beer. Uh, But it was, it was easy to drink that whole 750 milliliter bottle by myself. And I enjoyed every sip of it. And I gave that beer a four and a quarter rating. Uh, The next one, it was a Deschutes Brewery beer, uh, the Black Mirror, which is an American barley wine. Now, they call it an American body wine. I don't know why they call it an American body wine, because this tasted like an English barley wine to me, which is okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I mean, I, I love English body wines. I enjoy American body wines, but I, my favorite, of course, are the English ones. And this tasted just like an English barley wine. Uh, really, really well done. Again... This thing was like 14% alcohol, I think, or maybe 16, 14 to 16, somewhere in there. I can't remember. But you would never know. It was so smooth and so delicious, a a 4.5 rating for me on that one. So if you can get this. Now, I've been holding on to this black mirror for a while, so I don't think it's available anymore. I think I've had it for, heck, you know what? I might have had it for a year, but maybe six months. I can't remember exactly how long I've had it, so... Uh, but if you can get it still, I recommend going and, and, and giving us a try. And the last beer I'm going to talk about, yeah, I've got five beers to talk about. I could have talked about a lot more because I had a lot of four-cap ratings, but I decided that those are the two that I wanted to really talk about. But the last one is a beer I've been waiting to try, waiting for it to come into the Boise area, and now it's here. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, this beer is so good from Toppling Goliath. It's their King Sue Double IPA. And uh, I think this one is better than the pseudo sue it is super smooth the hops are just done so delicately and nice that it's not over I mean it's a bigger I don't know if the alcohol content is but it's a bigger beer but you taste like you're drinking a uh, you know like a pale ale right it's just so damn good Um that I picked up a couple more cans too because I enjoyed it. I, I just want to drink more of it. So why not buy, you know, buy more. Uh, have you had the King Sue yet, Chris?
0: I have had the King Sue. Um, and I would tend to agree with you cause they are, uh, they put out some really fantastic beers.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It just, it, I, I, I'm not sure why I didn't give it a five cap rating. I, I guess because I was giving a lot of five cap ratings out in the last little bit. So I didn't want to overdo it. You know, I could give this a five if I really wanted to, but I I decided to give it a four and a half. Not because it's got any flaws. I don't have any flaws to give it. I really enjoyed it. I just didn't want to give out too many five-cap ratings, but uh, I could always Mm -hmm. change that. (laughs) All right. Those are my beers. A good variety of stuff there. Barley wines, double IPAs, lagers, uh, big Christmas stouts, and Imperial Browns. That's a good uh, mixture of stuff there. I feel pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you spread it out a little bit A uh, little bit of everything, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. So guess what, Chris? We have got some voicemails. So are you ready to hear these voicemails? No, I think we
0: should tell everybody why you should send us a voicemail.
1: Oh, yes. So the reason you should send us a voicemail is because that is how you will be entered into the next and last B-Cups uh, contest. If you want to win, you want the last chance to win a set of four i p a style b cups, then you need to get your voicemails in when when is that contest uh when does that when does it end you know when do we have to give our next set away?
0: they uh, still have another show I believe so, okay, I feel like we have that on a calendar somewhere.
1: We probably do. I'm just so bad I should probably look it up but we'll we'll tell you this we'll give you one more opportunity. After you hear this, write down the number, give us a call if you want to be entered into the contest. At this point, the only people that will be entered into this contest are the ones that are on this show right now because we haven't received any other voicemails, right, Chris, or did we? Mm -hmm. So this is it. Um, No, this is it. Yeah. So we have three. So one more show to get your call in. And you know what, Amanda, I know you're not listening because you only listen to us on road shows, but... You need to call in and tell us about your trip to ska. Wait, uh, skafla. Skafla. ska-fla. Uh, I watched the videos you had on, on uh, Facebook, and I want to hear about what you thought of the beer and about.
0: The, I want to. I want to know what Diamond Dallas Page thought about the beer.
1: Is that who she was standing with uh, in that? <laughs> I didn't know who <laughs> it was. There was, was no name. I she I was okay. Okay. So yeah. So Amanda. Send us a voicemail so you guys can get entered for the contest. All right, so our first voicemail of the night is from Mr. Tom Byrne, my local buddy here in the Boise area. So let's go ahead and listen to see what Tom has to say. What's
2: going on, Denny and Chris? It's Tom Byrne, just calling in to say what's up and to get an official entry to win Cups. Just wanted to say Happy New Year to you guys over here working labor and delivery overnight appreciate the new episode that dropped today hope you guys are doing well bye
1: there you go see it's that easy to get a entry into the contest All right, Tom. Thank you. All you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, holding down the fort at labor and delivery, delivering those babies and listening to our podcast at the same time. I bet. You know what? We can get a bunch of new listeners if he just plays it over the uh, speaker system in the the hospital, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, breathe what were they talking about that American barley wine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so you get their mind off of their uh pain, and just uh you know before you know it, that baby just pops right out, and uh, just think about it after you have this baby, you could have this wonderful imperial stout. <laughs> And Tom, you know what? Tom could be providing homebrews for him, too, right? Bring his homebrew in, get a little taster shots here. You want a little taste of this? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm sure that would go over so well (laughs) with (laughs)
1: the hospital. Okay, well, thank you, Tom, for your voicemail. We really appreciate it. And you are now entered into the B-Cup contest. All right, now we've got a few uh, voicemails from our buddy Jim Kudzel. Uh, So... Bear with us. We're going to listen to, to him. We're going to probably uh, – we'll listen to him, and then we'll chat about what he said in each each segment of his voicemail because he had he had to call back in a couple times. So here's the first one. Hey, guys. Uh,
2: hey, uh, Denny and Chris. Uh, this is Jim Kudzall uh, calling in. And uh, the reason for this voice – actually, there's four reasons why I'm calling <laughs> on this voicemail. So – know if this will take more than three minutes, we'll see. Uh, First one, uh, obviously I need to get uh, my hat in the ring for the uh, B-Cups contest, so uh, uh, right now I guess I'm officially entered, so that's uh, number one, check. Uh, Number two, I just want to let you guys know uh, that uh, Tara and I have reached the milestone. We have finally uh, listened to every single podcast um, of uh, Tap the Craft. So I I think we started, when was it? Back in, uh, I think it was February 2018 when we had our road trip to... uh,
1: Oh, I guess that's the end of the first one. That was the end of the first That was the fast three minutes. Oh, wait. That's what I thought, too. Oh, you know what? No, I let my phone go to sleep. Damn it. <laughs> I think
2: that's uh, when we started. Um, <laughs> as you probably know, uh, I think it was mentioned before, Terror was really in the podcast of all different kinds. I wasn't really that much of a podcast enthusiast, but uh, while we're on our road trips, going to the breweries and doing whatever, um she said, "Hey, uh, you know, to help us get inspired, I found this podcast you might find interesting." So, uh, so we listened. We started with episode 1. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> you uh, like to That uh, <laughs> was back in February of 2018. And and we listened. The only time we listened were was when we were in the car on the road. Uh, we didn't listen at all that home or in the house or whatever, just in the car while we are driving on the interstate. Um, so that, I guess that kind of tells you how many hours we spent on the interstates uh, uh, over the, these last almost two years uh, listening uh, to your podcast. I haven't added up all the hours, but uh, I'm sure you probably could do the math. Um, so uh, uh, we, we started doing that back then. Uh, We didn't didn't listen to any of the contemporary ones until, um, when was it? Uh, Oh, uh, Thanksgiving of 2018. Thanksgiving of 2018, we started to listen to the contemporary ones. So uh, what we would do uh, at that point was, if there was a new one out, we would listen to that. And then once we got caught up with all of the, the, the recent ones, then we would go back to where we had end- left.
1: Okay, so that's the end of the first one. So first, what well, let's just comment on some of the stuff that Jim's already said. For one thing, um, dang, I'm so happy that they made it through episode one, two, three, or at least they made it through episode one and two and got to three and realized that that uh, there was there's hope. For the podcast, so I'm well, that's glad where John they did that. started
0: picking it up. Yeah, yeah. So that's where John was
1: picking up the slack. Yeah. So that that was that was good. And then the other thing that that totally blew my mind is they only listen to the show while they're driving. So Chris, did you do the math on this? How many hours? Uh, that's got to be like, I mean, let's just figure an hour and a half average per show. So ninety minutes times hundred and forty
0: three. So 90 times 143, we're looking at 1,170 minutes divided by 60. <laughs> that doesn't add up, right? So if we did 90 minutes times 143, okay, that's 12,870 okay. minutes. Uh, we're looking at about 215 hours.
1: 215 hours on the road? Damn, that's some serious road trip right there. <laughs> what do you think about that, Chris?
0: I I'm glad to know that some people are as committed as I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. So we need to put out, a, uh, what are they going to do this? I mean, now they've run out of content. They're going to be bored on their rides. They'll have to be playing uh, road games, you know, like, no. Uh, I mean,
0: they'll, <laughs> they'll do what I did. They just be disappointed by every other beer podcast. They listen to.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So let's continue on with the uh, number two. Here's number two. This is Jim
2: again. I, uh, I knew it was going to take more than one. <laughs>
1: point number two of Jim, four. you're awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh,
2: anyway, uh, uh, I forgot where I left off. I, we uh, uh, started listening com- contemporaneously, uh, Thanksgiving of 2018. And uh, when we got caught up with all of the recent episodes, then we would go back and... Uh, Fill in. Uh, and it took us until now. Uh, actually, our last road trip was uh, over New Year's weekend, and we went up to New England. And if you've been following us on uh, Untapped, you could see our progress. Spent time in New Jersey, and then uh, uh, Massachusetts, and New- Rhode Island, and Connecticut, and then Pennsylvania on the way back. Uh, so now, uh- I'm not going to tell you what we're listening to now. Uh, Tara said she wants to make her own call so she can get her own uh, chance at another set of beat cups so I think she's going to... Uh, she had a question in the last episode about uh, what other podcasts to listen to. She found a couple, and I'll let her uh, do that. Okay, that was point number two. Point number three. Um, last... A couple of episodes ago, uh, uh, Tara mentioned about how, uh, uh, Denny was her first friend on untapped. Uh, she got on untapped in, uh, uh, I think it was September of 2018. And, and the way she found untapped, I guess we both found it together was through the podcast. Uh, Tap the craft and so she decided to sign up again uh, i'm not an early adopter so i held back but uh she got on she didn't have any friends right at the beginning so she said well who better than uh He's the one who told me about it so that's that's how all that happened uh i didn't get on untapped until uh a couple months later in mm-hmm. november so I saw the value she was having about remembering what she was drinking and where she was, and all of that. I said, "Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, that that really works." So, she convinced me uh, to get on, and then I became her friend too. Uh, and actually, today she has a lot more friends than I do. <laughs> uh, but I, I do. The reason I bring that up, I, I want to uh, allay any fears the listeners out there may have had. About Denny being a meanie and calling her out <laughs> about being this
0: uh, pathetic uh, Be afraid. Uh, listener yeah. who could only go to him as, <laughs> as Abba friend.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I know Denny knows this, but uh, the other listeners
1: may not. Oh, all right. There's the end of number two. I think we can just go into number three because I want to hear the uh the trip again. Yeah, I got cut off. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: part number three uh yeah yeah he really wasn't a meanie, uh just just in case there were some listeners out there who, who might have had that as a thought she she just uh called up to rhythm, uh but it was all in uh good fun, so uh you know she really wasn't upset, and uh we all you know uh in in our circle with any uh realizes uh. Just for that. So uh, uh, don't be upset
0: at Denny. <laughs> Please. Uh, okay, and I think there was one more.
2: Oh, yeah, there was uh, last episode Chris mentioned that uh, uh, he did a homebrew of a chocolate milk stout. And it was an extract kit where he added uh, cho- uh, cocoa nibs with uh, soaked in vodka. And just coincidentally, I have the exact same recipe on tap at home. Hmm. Um, I, I'm only an extract home brewer. Um, I started Weep with bottling, cool. <laughs> and uh, then I realized that that was too much of a hassle. And so when I decided to invest more in the hobby of home brewing, I guess I could have gone two different ways. I could have... Uh, Done a uh, an all grain, or or I, but I decided to to put my money in a uh, in a tap system. So I did a kegerator. I put a kegerator together with four taps, and now instead of bottling, I put uh, all my beer in kegs. And it, and it just so happened uh, by coincidence, i did the exact same thing that Chris has. So Chris, um, uh, we're drinking the same, almost the same thing. I did modify mm-hmm. the recipe a little bit. One nice thing about home brewing is you can uh, um, change things up a little bit to add to your taste. Uh, one thing I did uh, to modify the recipe is I cut the amount of lactose in half. Uh, I guess I'm like Denny, I, I, I don't like a really sweet uh, stout. So I cut the lactose in half, which cuts down in the sweetness. Now, of course, you're sacrificing something because the lactose does add to mouthfeel. So what I did to make up for that is I added uh, some maltodextrin, which is flavor neutral, but it does add to the uh, mouthfeel. So that pumped that up a little bit. And actually, I put in a whole bag of that, so it's even more than I would have... that I lost from the uh, from the lactose. So it's a little bit thicker than, uh, than normal. The second thing I...
1: Nope. Okay, so uh, just to recap, that, uh, that yeah, I know that uh, Tara was just joking around with us. I just uh, had to had to give her back a bad time because Sarah didn't realize that she was joking around and she thought I was really being mean. But but we all know it was just some fun. So no, no, you're pretty mean. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not as mean as John though. <laughs> well, he he's mean to you. But I know that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Well <laughs> oh, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that was good. And what a coincidence that, that, uh, that you and Jim basically brewed up the same beer and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, he did some modifications, which sound pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on, on what he's described so far? Something you some might consider. Yeah. The modifications he made.
0: I mean, he sounds, so it sounds like, um, It's kind of like me. First off, you know, it doesn't have just vodka lying around. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you need that, you need to go buy a bottle of vodka. Um, So to me, I I don't even know where the remainder of the vodka went that I used because just like you, Jim, I couldn't buy the 8-ounce bottle because it wasn't enough and the 16-ounce bottle left me with a couple of extra ounces. So um, I don't know. I might have put it in like a vodka and cranberry or something and Mm -hmm. drank it, but uh, you know, a little extra vodka never hurt anybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We'll find out what he did with that remainder here in the next, next thing. Let's, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and listen to the, the remainder of it and find out how how did he spend that extra vodka?
2: I pro- This is Jim again. I promise this is the last
1: thing. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about my uh, homebrew uh,
2: chocolate milk stout. The last thing I did uh, was... Uh, You know, you have to soak those cocoa nibs, they come with the kit. They're they're like little chocolate chips, but uh, totally unsweetened, just to get the chocolate flavor out. And you're supposed to soak it in uh, 10 ounces of uh, vodka. Well, I'm not a vodka drinker. Mm -hmm. I I have no vodka just laying around the house, so I actually have to go out and buy a bottle of vodka. And uh, you can buy it either in a half pint or a pint or, or much bigger quantities. Well, a half pint's only eight ounces, so that's not enough. So
1: I had to buy a full pint, which
2: is 16. And then I came home with this uh, pint of vodka, and I said, well, what am I going to do with the other six ounces? I said, well, I'm not going to drink that any other way. So what I did was I, I filled the jar with the cocoa nibs, and I poured the entire pint of, uh, of vodka in there, let it soak for a week. And then I put the entire thing, 16 ounces of vodka plus the cocoa nibs, into my uh, fermenter. Let it sit there for another week. And then I checked it. And it came out really nice and sweet. So uh, we're enjoying that. You can't even taste the vodka. It's no booziness at all. Mm. Um, But anyway, Chris, uh, uh, hats off to you for... uh, uh doing your home brew i enjoy it too um i don't think i'll ever go to all grain i'm uh uh I just like to keep things simple and um uh, uh i still get a, a good enough beer at a reasonable price that i can uh pass out at parties and stuff uh and and, and that makes it good for me all right i've probably taken up too much of your time already um so I'm going to uh, hang up now. Tara, Tara's going to mm-hmm. be calling with her uh, uh, comments on uh, her podcast. And uh, that way she gets her own credit. We get uh, two things in for this for the <laughs> contest.
1: Cheers. All right. Well, thank you, Jim. Some great voicemails, some great content right there. And uh, I, now I'm curious. Uh, does Jim not like any, uh, you know, lighter colored distilled spirits or only vodka is the one he doesn't like? Because I'm not a big fan of of white uh, spirits. I like the darker ones myself. But I I do have a love of gin. So I wonder if if uh, if Jim also enjoys gin or if he doesn't like any clear spirits or white spirits. Um, cause I'm, I'm, cause I, I'll drink vodka. I don't have a, I'm don't against vodka. In fact, we'll make Moscow mules and we'll put, you know, vodka in there. And I don't think it's fine. And I'll make uh, vodka and cranberry and, uh, in and v- vodka, lemonade or whatever. i I mean, I'm okay with it, but, um, uh, but it's interesting that Jim doesn't drink any vodka. So.
0: Well, I, I'd have to agree with you, Jim. The, uh, I will probably never move over to all grain specifically just because of the simplicity of doing the extract. Uh to me, I look at that and I think all grain is there's too many extra steps in there. <laughs> 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 and I still to to me, I still have enough freedom to tweak the recipe a little bit and uh and make it my own if I want to. So just like you do where you where you just use the whole sixteen ounce bottle of vodka when making your uh we're making your uh, your extract. flavoring for yeah your extract for the beer. Uh, it's definitely uh, definitely the kind of the route that I want to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, the uh, yeah adding that extra six ounces of vodka. I mean i I guess all it does is dilute the chocolate flavor. I would guess right because it just means more liquid that that chocolate is gonna diffuse into so maybe it becomes not as strong um i don't know i'm not sure what else it's going to do uh, i i did have a question for you chris after listening to jim's uh explanation of of putting it into his fermenter and then uh how was the cleanup uh, after you had that that chocolate mixture in your fermenter was the fermenter harder to clean with that uh, that that stuff in there
0: no, it was, there was no difference in it. It was just, you know, still, still rinsing everything out and then scrubbing what I needed to scrub. Okay. So uh, nothing different.
1: Okay. So there's no like oil. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect if, if those chocolate nibs had any oil content to them. Maybe they're oil free because they're special brewing ones. They don't have any oil, but I didn't know if, uh, if there was any kind of oily residue that was left in there. I
0: don't know. And I'm not, uh, I don't recall there being any kind of like oil slick on top of the, on top of the cleanup. But, um, you know, the, what's it called? PBW or whatever that cleaner is that you, you dump in there. To me personally, it's, it seems like OxyClean. (laughs) 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 It's it's an oxygen activated cleaner. Okay. It doesn't have any bleach or anything. It cleans all those, even those plastic buckets. It cleans it out pretty well.
1: Okay. All right. So, we have one last voicemail and guess who it is it's from it's from uh, Tara Carlson Jim's wife's and he he forewarned us that this was coming or foreshadowed I guess so let's listen to what Tara has to say hi this is Tara
2: Carlson a big fan of the podcast Jim Kudzel and I normally listen to the podcast when we travel and sadly, we have completed your entire back catalog. We have tried some other beer podcasts, but they're either had too much razzle dazzle, or were too serious, or were like unintelligible over the road noise. So we finally settled on HI 101, a history podcast where two guys converse about history. If only they would tell me what was in their glasses. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate what you do. Keep those episodes coming. Thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you, Tarot. We're glad that you uh, have enjoyed all 142 episodes that we've put out already. And uh, hopefully we'll just keep pumping them out, and you guys will still get some uh, some good beer talk in your ears on on some on some of your road trips you can just save them up and and listen to them all at one time on your next road trip
0: i got to admit that's probably one of the nicest compliments i think we've ever received we have just enough razzle dazzle yeah,
1: just enough I, hey i'm not about the razzle dazzle
0: because uh, I, I don't want to be too over <laughs> razzly dazzly i mean that's that that's a fine
1: line you you uh yeah you can cross very easily yeah i i mean i that was what I s- i've said all along is that if you want a, a bunch of guys, uh, you know, whatever, doing whatever and laughing and all this stuff, then we're not the podcast for you. We're the guys that are here that are going to educate you and 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 hopefully tell a good story and, uh, you know, and, and get some good, solid beer knowledge out to, to our listeners. And you'll get some laughs because, you know, we'll make mistakes and we'll joke around and you'll have some, some natural laughs that uh, that aren't. Hopefully generated by too much uh, you know booze, uh, although it does happen at times, but not every show. Okay, um, let's get into some f- other type of feedback we had from listeners who wrote into the to the podcast. Um, I'll start off with Mike Allen. He posted to our Facebook page. Uh, he says, "Time for the best of 2019 list? Question mark. In no particular order, here are my top 12." Of 2019 seems more appropriate than 10. Hmm. So, uh, the first one is the I'm gonna have troubles pronouncing these Duches, 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 Duches chocolate cherry. Uh, which got is the next one, <laughs> which is uh, brewery Ver, verhige I'll go with that. Let's stick with that. Yeah, it's it's got to be a, a, a Belgian brewery, huh? I think, or French for Belgian, probably. For, yeah, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's from Microphone Brewing. Red Eye November from Biologic. Logic. I think I had that one when Tom was here, or maybe he talked about it. I, Red Eye November. I think I, I got to look and see if I've had that one. Uh, the Stone Grew Red from Orpheus Brewing. Across the Sea from the rear Barrel. Bourbon County brand Bramble Rye Stout from Goose Island Beer Company. Mother of All Storms, Pelican Brew Company. I love that beer. In fact, I have a Mother of All All Storms from, I think, 2015. It's a barley wine. It's inside my fridge. I almost drank it last night. Uh, Maybe tomorrow night I'll drink it. I I love that beer. Uh, Works of Love with Earl Grey Tea from Hill Farmstead Brewery. Now, I will tell you that I do enjoy... Uh, when they, you know, some beers that have t- tea in it, I I think with Done Right, they're really well done. So obviously, uh, Hill Farmstead did a good one with this, uh, Earl Grey tea version. Exorbitance from Mos- Moxka Brewing Company. Tempranillo. temp, pr- p- tempran- Tempranillo. tempranillo. Temperanillo? yeah. I don't know. It's from, it's a Flanders Red from the Deschutes Brewery. Man, I haven't even heard of that one, but, uh, their, their Flanders red is usually their uh, dissident uh, brew, which I do have a couple of those bottles in my in my fridge. Uh, Tuesday morning, Burrow H Stout from Cherry Street Brewing, and the last one, Wrigley Fields Forever, Good Word Brewing and Public House. So there's Mike Allen. He he's uh, submitted a list uh, a number of years, so it's good to see he's submitting his list. But guess what? That's not the only list that got submitted. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read what Tom Byrne sent in to us? Yeah. So, cheers to another year. He writes, I
0: cannot, I can't not send in a best of list. And I know how much you love those best of lists. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm done with them.
0: (laughs) So, he says, oddly enough, these were all in a row at the top of my ratings for the year. So, I guess I'll have to type, eh? (laughs) So, the theme wrote itself. The cheers, Denny. The theme wrote itself. So the, yes. So the theme wrote itself. I can. I can English. Uh, cheers, Denny. Hope to see you soon, man. So first one is was first one in is the Revolution Brewing VSOJ 2018, which was a 13.8 percent English barley wine. Oh yeah, down with the English. Um, which was a blend of the two year and three year aged in bourbon barrel aged straight jacket.
1: Yeah, And I wrote, so, da- I wrote down what that V S J O J stands for. Cause I didn't know what yeah. it was. So I'd look it up. So, oh. it was- well, I know the V S
0: O P was very special old pale, but the V V S O J very special orange juice.
1: No, no. I wrote it no. down there. I know. <laughs> I'm just messing with you.
0: Uh, very special old straight jacket. Yes. Um, Bottle Logics Brewing's Arcane Rituals, uh, which was a 13.6% English barley wine. Nice. You guys are all going to be held for treason. Hey, it's all about the English. (laughs) It's a a blend of bourbon, brandy, and cognac barrel-aged barley wine. Next one in is going to be the Anchorage Brewing Company's Endless Ending. From 2019, there's a 15.5% strong ale, which was a blend of English barley wine and imperial <laughs> stout <laughs> aged in Woodford Reserve double oak barrels for 18 months. You're right. I am starting to see a trend or a theme. Um, and then next is going to be Revolution Brewing's double barrel VSOD from 2018. Seventeen percent, yes. Imperial Oatmeal Stout, Especially selected Death Star barrels, blended <laughs> and aged. That's Death's Tar. <laughs> okay. <Not> Death Star. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a good beer. The original Death Star or Death's Tar <laughs> beer is pretty good. Uh, barrels blended and aged for another for an additional year. Woodford Double. Oak and whistle pig 10-Year Rye Barrels.
1: <laughs> this is some strange stuff. Ooh,
0: VSOD stands for Very Special Old Death. All right. And last but not least, Jackie O's Brewery, Shadow from the Tomb, which was a 13% strong ale, which was a blend of four bourbon barrel-aged beers, an Imperial Honey Nut Brown Ale, their barrel-aged Oil of Aphrodite, which is an <laughs> Imperial stout with walnuts, skipping stone which is a barrel aged quad oh my gosh and Woodburner, which is a barrel aged
1: smoked stout wow these are some <sighs> incredible complicated beers blends uh, every every beer he mentions is a beer blend right mm, every one yes yep uh obviously that's the way to if you want a fantastic if you want a top five list in Tom's book, it has to be blittered beer and, and over thirteen percent. Those are Seriously. those are nice. Those are nice. Uh, I haven't had any of them. Um, neither have I. Yeah. That's a hell of a list, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have a uh, we have a listener question from uh, Mike Mike Allen. You know, he wrote his list. Now he's got a question for us. So he says, "My five thousandth unique untapped check in is in sight." I'll probably hit it in early to mid-February. I'd love some suggestions for a very special beer that ch- for that check-in. Expense is not really a concern, but I already have had Utopias, so that's out. Okay. So, yeah.
0: so what, what you're going to do is you're going to go to Thailand, <laughs> and you're going to get yourself some of that Yukon <laughs> beer yeah. and check in with a one-cap rating for your 5,000th check-in.
1: <laughs> that's right, yeah. So so, so Chris's suggestion is Yukon because you got to have that experience. Uh, My suggestion is any of these beers we just talked about from Tom's (laughs) list is one you need to go try if you haven't already had it because these beers sound fantastic, and I think you can't go wrong. So it looks like uh, all of them are pretty old except for the Biologic uh, Arcane Rituals. was 2019, so you might be able to get that. Oh, also the Anchorage Brewing Endless Ending. So you might have to find someone who has this uh, aging and, and buy it off of them. Prices, expenses, is no uh, there's no expense necessary now. Mike had no expense. Yeah, now Mike, how in the world are we going to help you uh, find a beer that you have to try when you have surpassed both Chris and I combined? Yeah, uh, yeah. our beers combined. There's no way that we're going to be able to provide you with a beer that you probably haven't already ha- haven't already had. Um, so that's a that's a pretty hard question to answer, but. I think, like I said, Tom Byrne already gave some great suggestions here, and Chris did too with the Yukon Thailand beer. Uh, that's an experience. I have an even better
0: suggestion. <laughs> Again, if, if money's no object, come down to Tampa. I'll buy you your 5,000th beer.
1: Oh, there you go. It's, you can dr- it's a road trip, right? Because now he's on the East Coast. You can drive I down. mean, you're pr-
0: not too far. I mean, it's it's not a double-digit drive you know, in hours, so just saying.
1: Yeah, so how about this? Maybe Chris can take you to Corporate Ladder and you can get some award-winning gold medal beer. I mean, do Chris it. just gave, him, gave three of the beers five cap ratings, so they're obviously pretty damn good. So uh, there you go. For 5000 celebrate in Tampa in Palmetto with Chris. And Actually, Ladder I'll do
0: Palmetto. you one better. I'll do you one better. Any beer that you drink here in Tampa with me at like a brewery, I'll buy for you. Whoa, damn,
1: man! It's all that in a uh, in
0: a one day in a one day trip.
1: <laughs> in a one day trip. So you know what? I'm sure Mike can drink some serious beer. So that's that's fine. that's a good tr- that's that's a good uh, gift there. So there you go, Mike. You have your answer. Mister Moneybags over here is gonna buy your beer for a day <laughs> at one venue. <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you for clarifying it's all about the wording <laughs> yeah read a small print a small print. Mm-hmm. all right well hey thank you guys all for your voicemails for your questions for your feedback we really appreciate the list fantastic uh, it's been a you know been a while since we had some feedback so i'm glad we finally got some back into the show but um for all other listeners out there who decide not to to write in and talk to us or send us a voicemail. Let me tell you how you can do it in case you forgot. You can contact us with your comments or questions through email. Just write it to tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can contact us on Twitter at Tap the Craft and of course on Facebook just go to our Facebook page facebook.com slash tapthecraft and our voicemail number is 208-536-3359 or two zero eight five three oddly just go ahead and ring that number up leave your voicemail you will be entered in to our last b cups contest so get that voicemail in and we want to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at open and if you enjoy the content that chris and i are putting out we know you'll find some other great content from these shows thank you so much for listening to tap the craft with denny john and chris hey and if you want to check out more
2: great podcasts check out the Operform radio network over at com. we have such podcasts such as Operform radio proper facetious geeks for the win gamer husbands radio the omg hour gaming vessels slash Entertainment, and conspiracy otter hey thank you so much for checking out tap the craft today and please leave these fellas a review on itunes or wherever you listen to this great show hey thanks again for listening
1: all right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various brilliant topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the history of the Belgian wit beer, along with some style notes. Now, I didn't just pull all this knowledge out of my head. I do have a little bit of knowledge in there. But, yeah, I went ahead and did some research because I wanted to make sure I gave you guys, like, the real scoop on here. So I found a couple be- a couple uh, websites. The first one I'm going to talk about is... Called the history of Belgian Whip Beers, is the uh, article, and it's found on beerx.ca. It's a Canadian website, and the article was done by Maddie Maynard. And the second one is called Belgian Whip beer all from All About Beer magazine, volume thirty-four, issue three, written by K. Florian Klimp. So I took snippets from both of these articles, which I thought that a uh, and I interwo- interwove them into what I'm, we're going to go ahead and present you now. For a nice, uh, easy flow through the history with some, some nice knowledge in here. I thought, I thought, uh, I think this is gonna be a really nice uh, topic that we're gonna do here. So I'm gonna go ahead and start it off, and then Chris will just uh, jump in and, and take a couple uh, items, and we'll just go back and forth. So uh, the first question we need to ask ourselves is hey, what is Whitbeer? Now, Whitbeer, also known as Bier Blanche, Blanche in French, I'm not French, so I don't know uh, if I said that right, but Bier Blanche uh, is a Flemish word for white beer. It has long and interesting history. The style began in the small town of Hogarden, Belgium. It is said that Hogarden monks were the first to discover the unique recipe for wheat beers around the year 1445. When white is used to describe the style, it refers to the unfiltered and cloudy appearance and nature of the beer. So how is this different from other wheat beers? Well, wheat wheat beers differ from German wheat beers in the fact that they use Belgian yeast and include flavors such as coriander, orange peel, and cumin. The yeast used in Belgian beers produces spicy and fruity flavors. Throughout the Middle Ages, brewers of this style used what herbs and spices they had available to them in the brewing process. In the case of wheat beers, Spices such as coriander and orange peel were amongst the most popular and delicious additions to the brew, which is uh, true. So you'll find that a lot of these Whitbeers have those characters in them. Uh, so that's good. All right, Chris.
0: Uh, let's get into some history about the, uh, about the wit beer. So Whitbeer evolved as the specialty of Dutch-speaking Flemish Brabant province east of Brussels. Get all that, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> there, wheat, barley, oats, and sugar beets are grown. The brewing legacy is just as fertile. wit beer breweries thrived in villages, abbeys, cities, and farms. Louvain was the premier wit beer brewing city in Flemish Brabant a few centuries ago, but the hamlet of Hoogarden. Were where brewing dates to 1318 would become world famous for it. Those brews were made, by, uh, made with pale barley malt, raw wheat, and oats. Hops were widely cultivated in the region, especially in Germany, and the water was perfectly suited to brewing. There were 12 breweries in the early 1700s that brewed wit beers, which drastically increased to 36 breweries in 1726. Unfortunately, the production of this delicious and refreshing style slowed down because of the growing popularity of Pilsner and lager beer styles. In 1957, only one brewery remained, the Ode Brewery Thompson. Its doors were closed that year, bringing commercial brewing in Hoogarden to a sad finale. The brewery's flagship beer was Oud Hoogarden's Wit Beer, a hometown prototype destined for the Dust dustbin of history upon closure. In comes Pierre Salis, the man who single handedly brought back the Whitbeer. He brought the old Thompson brewery he bought the old Thompson brewery and brought back brought the style back to life. The story goes that while enjoying beers with friends in nineteen sixty five, Salis vowed to revive Whitbeer. He cobbled together a small brewery, which was at about 21 barrel capacity, in a cow shed. He modernized a bit from the outdated manual labor-intensive operations of Thompson, but kept his brew house simple and utilitarian. He fiddled with the recipe for the better part of a year and released his first commercial batch on July 1st, 1966, under the auspices of Brewery Solis. His first year, he produced 300 barrels which increased to 250,000 barrels by 1990.
1: <laughs> that's pretty amazing, huh? That's quite a jump, man. <laughs> 30 years,
0: that's a lot of barrels. Yeah. Um, Salise's beer became so popular and loved, he had to expand. Since Salise had no developed recipe for his wit beer, trial and error and lots of practice brought him his recipe, the one we all know and love, Hugarden wheat Beer which what is now called Hoogarden Brewery was among one of the largest in Belgium.
1: Yeah. So there's this, there's how this whole thing got started and, and revitalized. It was like re, the rebirth of it by Pierre. He brought it all back and now it's just as, uh, as big as ever. Everyone, everyone loves it. I, I I actually love this beer. Um, probably my favorite whip beer. I, now I haven't had, Allegash's whip beer so maybe it'll change and i'll I'll change it to an american belgian but i love this beer i can drink this stuff all the time i, I i'll really be honest it. i i don't know if i've ever had it what come on man it's a classic you have to have okay, <laughs> i'm fired go you better you better <laughs> go out and get a bottle and try it you you can't be on the show and not have tried hoogarden <sighs> i'm fired oh. that, that's all oh. there is to it <laughs> all right well you know what Let me talk about what you're missing by talking about some style notes. So maybe this will get you all excited about going out and trying it for yourself. All right. So wit beer has traditionally been made with roughly equal measures of Pilsner barley malt and wheat and optionally with a small amount of raw oats. The wheat portion is unmalted and raw, never flaked. Unlike some raw grains, wheat converts easily in the mash tun. Raw wheat is unkilned keeping it lighter in color than malted wheat and giving the, giving true whipped beer an extremely pale, whitish-gold color. The high protein content of wheat and the unfiltered, bottle-conditioned state leaves whipped beer quite hazy. This also contributes to a fairly chewy, textured mouthfeel for a lower-gravity beer, between 45 and 5% ABV on average. Wit beers present a grainy cereal profile, less bready than German Hefeweizens. There is often a light, lightly sweet, tart, complimentary background. Whip beer yeast has a fairly neutral profile, though it does share some of the phenolic, vanilla, and estuary characters of Bavarian Weizen yeast. Warm fermentation ensures that a footprint of the yeast will be fully articulated, often with notes of plum, apple, peach, apricot, or melon. Hop rates are quite low usually around 15 to 20 IBU. Ugarden uses East Kent Golding for bittering and Saz for aroma. The bitterness is pleasantly subdued and the hoppy aromatics are herbal and floral. Most Whitbeer brewers follow this general template. The one thing that sets Whitbeer apart from nearly all other brews is the liberal use of botanicals. Curacao, orange Curacao? peel. Curacao? Okay. Curacao, orange peel, and coriander provide a potent but sublime citrusy and herbal nose, playing amiably with the discrete hop, grain, and yeast components. So now is your mouth watering? Are you wanting to try this? Well, now I uh, now I gotta get
0: into some recommendations so <laughs> I can go out and get some. <laughs> Alright, why don't you go ahead and read those? So some commercially produced recommendations are gonna be who gardens. Beer Blanc or Blanche, uh, which is Belgian. No, it's from Belgium.
1: So I put oh. down where, oh, they're, where okay. they're from. This is a Belgian beer from Belgium, and then
0: okay. Um, the Allegash White, which is from here in America, uh, the St. Bernardus Wit beer, which is Belgian, and the Unibrew Blanche
1: de Chambly, which is Canadian. Canadian, yeah, yeah. So, um, I went so I've ha- I've had Hoogarden, Garden and I haven't had Allagash White. I need to when I visit when I go to Maine and I visit Allagash and in, in person I will definitely have that and probably bring back a few bottles. Um, I thought that I had the Saint Bernard Saint Bernardus beer. I may have had it and not logged it at one point. I thought for sure I've had that one before, but in my untapped it doesn't show up. So I need to do that one and the Unibrow. I have not had the Uh, That one either. I don't get, we don't get very many of those down here. Um, We get the, like, the common ones. I can't remember the name of them, but we get a a couple of them down here, but not that one. Uh, So I need a few more to try. But yeah, these are, these are ones you can try. I think you, can you get Allagash down in Tampa?
0: No, unfortunately not.
1: Okay. So you're pretty much stuck with the, the Hoogarden and the St. Bernardus. I, I think I can get the St. Bernardus here in town. So I need to go and, and see if it's at the co-op. I'll, I'll go ahead and grab a bottle and try that one just because I'm, I'm curious about it. So there we go. That is the history of Belgian wit beer, and I, I hope that everyone found it as interesting as I did. And now when you go and drink some of these Belgian wits, you'll know uh, how it got reinvigorated and became uh, a, a prominent style uh, once again. Okay, one last thing. Uh, there's an article that, uh, Chris, you posted on uh, our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's called, uh, First It Was Exploding Cans. Now, 450 North shrugs off miscalculated ABVs. And this was posted on the goodbeerhunting.com website by Kate Bernau. So, uh, Let's see, how big is this thing? I'll go ahead and start the first two paragraphs, and you can finish it off. Is that okay, Chris? Sounds good to me. All right. So, be- so began the text in a provocative screenshot that was circulating on Twitter in mid-December. The image, whose origins and authorship are unknown, claimed to show laboratory test results of a beer from Columbus, Indiana's 450 North Brewing Company. The beer in question was Slushy XL Elephant Ears, a smoothie-style blender of ice flavor flavored with raspberry, blackberry, graham cracker, cinnamon and vanilla, and which could be visually mistaken for a grape slurpee. The release was part of the brewery's slushy XL line, a hype darling series of kettle salad be- beers packaged in sixteen ounce cans and flavored heavily with fruit purees after fermentation. The test results showed the beer's ABV was two point five six percent. Two and a half percent ABV, which is significantly lower than the eight percent ABV listed on the can. Mm -hmm. Not only had the brewery apparently been wildly incorrect in its ABV calculations, but it was charging customers IPA level prices anywhere from $18 to $25 per four pack that some might be reluctant to pay for such a low strength beer. So, first off, Chris. Wow, how uh, h- how in the world? <laughs> That's hell of a, a hell of a miscalculation. Can a brewery make that big of a mistake on the calculation of their ABV? Now I understand that not all breweries can afford to have an alkali alkalizer, whatever they call that thing that that, that measures the alcohol in beer. No, not every brewery, especially small ones, are going to have that. So they have to use math in the brewing process to go ahead and calculate what the ABV is. But obviously, these guys were doing something seriously wrong. And uh, and now when I see people post pictures of this and say, wow, I can't even tell it's 8%. Uh, I could get really messed up with this. Well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, no, you can't really get messed up with this <laughs> because you're basically drinking juice. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: the ones we had this past summer, that was what we were thinking. Oh, it was you know, it's an eight percent beer. I mean, you gotta be careful. These things go down super super easy. Yeah. And I don't ever remember having any type of buzz from it. But
1: <laughs>
0: they, no, don't what need a, what? <laughs> they don't need a, an they don't need an thing. Um, you know, they can just use a hydrometer or a hygrometer. Hy- hygrometer, like uh like I do. And fill up a cylinder and test the gravity of the beer before you ferment it and after so
1: I don't know that's i fifteen bucks danny 15 bucks. <laughs> so i would I would assume they already had one of those, but uh I don't know i I don't know what they have exactly, but i I think the you know the problem is is that they calculated it uh before they put in the the Uh, puree that was then weakening the liquid in the beer, making it more dilute and not taking into consideration the fact that this fruit was diluting their, their product by three quarters. (laughs) 75% almost. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll say 60%. Uh, (laughs) But that's still a huge, amount of dilution more than half yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's see What, what does 450 north have to say about this all right so 450
0: north responded via a statement on instagram posted on december 24th signed by owners david and brenda simmons the post breezily acknowledged the disparity apologized and stated the brewery would remove the abv from its slushy line until early 2020 It's also said the brewery has since adjusted its ABV calculation process to, quote, include any additional adjuncts added post-fermentation. The findings were unexpected. They wrote, the independent testing of multiple slushies has determined that our calculation process was critically flawed. (laughs) Just a little. Uh, This isn't 450 North's first quality control stumble related to its super-fruited beers. In August 2018, its brewers acknowledged some of its fruited kettle-sour beer cans might explode if not refrigerated immediately after purchase because yeast present in the cans could continue to ferment thanks to the hummingbird nectar levels of sugar added (laughs) post-fermentation. I can vouch for that. They are freaking sweet. (laughs) Uh, Can conditioning isn't new, but it's a delicate process that takes nuanced attention to allow beer to finish gracefully, let alone safely. 450 North, however, opted to add levels of fruit that could have been a cans kryptonite. Yeah. So... Why does the correct ABV
1: matter, Denny? Well, because the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, which approves beer labels for interstate sale, requires that a beer-stated ABV be within 0.3% of the range of its actual <laughs> measurable ABV. And the TB, TTB can enforce this with periodic brewery audits. Now, with that being said, uh, because... 450 North's beers aren't sold across state lines. They don't require TTB approval, which is why it's perfectly legal for the brewery to remove the ABV listing on its slushy beers. So you know what? Hey, if I can't get this right, I'll just remove it. And people will still buy it. Or not. I don't know. What do you think? you think this is going to hurt their sales of this beer? Not at all. You think people are still willing to go ahead and, and pay... $8 a beer, or not $8, let's say $6 a beer, uh, when they know that it might only be 2.5% alcohol? Yep, no questions. Really?
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be, I don't don't think I've ever heard anybody, let me start over. I never knew that these were supposed to be 8% until I actually got a hold of a can of them because I was just kind of checking out the label and reading it all over and, wait, eight percent holy cow um i think it was just i think it had a lot to do with the fact that they were basically like slushies um and i remember drinking something similar not from 450 north uh, but i think it was from a brewery out in virginia they were producing um a, a very heavy fruited sour and the the outside of the can looked like a uh a packet of dynamite with a little digital timer on the front of it it was like <laughs> a juice bomb essentially yeah, yeah. um and it was it was uh, i remember drinking it in line at angry chair waiting for a beer release and just drinking it and going i could drink this for breakfast mix it with a little protein powder and you'd be good to go because it was i think it was raspberry and there was raspberry it was basically
1: raspberry puree with a little beer added <laughs> all but, right so what what does uh i i've what does an orange Julius go for nowadays? Is it like? $3? I bet you it's. I bet you it's probably four fifty.
0: Okay. Uh, okay, so four ninety nine. So four $3. fifty
1: for a sixteen ounce orange Julius, where you have no alcohol at all, or six dollars for a, a sixteen ounce uh, XL slushy uh, that has two and a half percent. I guess that's worth that extra. Two and a half yeah. percent. If you get if you
0: get a large Orange Julius currently at $399, according to Dairy Dairy Queen.
1: Oh <laughs> Dairy Queen? They sell Orange Juliuses at Dairy Queen? Um in
0: 1987, the Orange <laughs> Julius chain was bought <laughs> by the International Dairy Queen. I
1: had no idea. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now uh, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll be curious. I, I still want to try their beers. Um and again, I'm not gonna be buying these every you know every week and and my daily drinkers. It's just like my revision beers right I buy one at yeah. a time, I enjoy it for what it is. I know it's expensive, but if I buy one it doesn't it doesn't hurt me as bad as if I you know buying four or six of them um same thing with this. I'd probably continue to buy the beer because I enjoy the flavor and the experience that I'm getting from it. Uh, regardless of what the alcohol content, but if I was expecting to get an eight percent beer and I and I didn't, I I would be disappointed and uh, be I'd be a little upset that they uh, they were false on their uh, labeling for sure. Yeah, I honestly thought that I was just
0: developing a really strong tolerance. And well,
1: yeah. the thing is, is that uh, you know when when the alcohol is blended into the sweetness so well that you can't really tell the difference between the alcohol and the sweetness, then it is easy to drink something that is high alcohol and not mm-hmm. know it. So that's what I was assuming was going on with these beers, that they added so much sweet fruit to it that it just kind of like, you know, it, it the alcohol just disappeared in it as far as the flavor. But now we know that it just diluted it. So in reality... It just took that eight percent beer and diluted it into two and a half percent. And imagine how much. I mean, what is it? What I mean, I can't imagine what their what their budget is for buying all this parade juices and stuff. I mean, it seems crazy. Yeah, that'd be a lot. Yeah, it's not cheap.
0: And I think that's what they're making up for is like fruit puree is not a cheap thing to buy. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think that's why the the price is so high. So yeah, so listeners, let us know if this news has deterred you away from going with 450 North. I, I'll, I'll be watching Craft Beer Joe's check-ins to see if his 450 North is uh, slowed down <laughs> this year because of the of the uh, <laughs> the lack of alcohol. No, I
0: got it. Here's what you do: that extra vodka you yeah. have left over from your homebrew, <laughs> just you top go. that off. You'll be fine.
1: Actually, that is a perfect idea. You know what, Jim? Go out there and buy some 450 North <laughs> slushy, slushy beers and add that extra uh, kick. That'll give you that oh, yeah. alcohol boost. You're going you're gonna to go ahead and fill your blender full of
0: ice, dump a 450 <laughs> North beer in there, and top it off with three or four shots of vodka. You should be good. Blend that up and pour it in a glass.
1: All right. Excellent. Okay, Chris, you know what? Man, we are so good that we finished well under two hours. I'm proud of us. I am, too. I thought for sure we were going to go long, but because we kept it on track and didn't get sidetracked, uh, we did a good job. And we had a lot of content that we covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But you know what? Sadly enough, it is time to call the show to close. So before we do that, though... Um, it's, I want to give you a chance to go ahead and raise a glass to anyone you'd like to raise a glass to. So who would like to do that too.
0: Yeah. I would actually like to raise a glass to somebody who officially as of today, I can raise a glass to, and he could drink out of it. So, mm. um, our friend Tina and Manny, Tina's brother is officially 21 today. Oh, 21. So, yeah. So Anthony, happy birthday. Uh, and it was funny because Anthony has become, uh, a cigar aficionado along with Manny. <laughs> and then a couple weeks ago, he was not allowed to go into the cigar shop anymore. Yeah, and now,
1: yeah, now he can. Now he
0: can. <laughs> yeah. So happy birthday to you, buddy. I hope you have a fun day, even though you bought your own cake yesterday and oh. ate
1: it yesterday. Wow. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, you know what? If he's into beer, uh, you should turn him on to the podcast. He's not, unfortunately. He doesn't like beer. He likes like cigars.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we try to get him to try a bunch of different things, and every time he tastes it, he goes, "It tastes like beer." And I'm like, "That's that's, that's the, the point." point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe uh, one day.
1: Uh, all right. All right, Denny. Who who would you want to raise a glass to this evening? You know what? I'm gonna raise a glass to my buddy Steve who uh, we went out this uh, on Saturday and we hung out together. We've been a while since we hung out. Uh, he, you know, his wife and I, he and his wife and Sarah and I, we, we had a nice uh, evening on Saturday night. And again, he provided me with two of his home brews and I really appreciated it uh, that, that, you know, he, you know, wanted to let me try his beers. And I really liked his beers and his buddy that he brews with has a, uh, a shop out in the back of his, Place that has a, uh, a brew system like John had in his home, you know, that got those mm-hmm. 20 gallon uh, kettles with the, the transfer and the controller and all that. And uh, I, I asked if I could be invited out there to see his system and, and maybe brew a beer with them one time. So I'm, th- I'm hoping that in the next, uh, you know, month or so, I'll get an invitation out to brew some beer in his uh, little brewery and maybe I'll do a little interview with him and find out about his craft beer journey and his uh, home brewing. Uh also, I'm going to give a a toast out to uh, Jim Dandy Brewing. I did send uh you know I I mentioned in the last episode that I really wanted to move forward and, and get the interview uh going with Jim Dandy Brewing this year and I did send out an uh, an email on Sunday uh with uh, my request to uh meet up with them in in February. And tour of the brewery and 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 interview them for the show, uh, so I'm hoping they return back uh, my my request and and we can get something going and get that uh, as a special uh, interview uh, for the show in in uh, probably February if it go if everything goes right it would be like the last show in February so that'd be that'd be nice all right and also. You know what, I have to lift lift my glass, raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms, especially now that things are getting a little bit uh, uh, elevated. Uh, They'll be sending out more and more troops out to uh, different areas. I just want to make sure that they are safe and they are able to come back safely to their families uh, very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and raise a glass to our sponsors?
0: Sure thing. I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net that's net. or you can check out the other things they have going on at fermentedreality.com and check out the world's first full line of style specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time on the boat, B cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also, check out our friends at Tavor. You can use the promo code TapTheCraft, which is all one word, and it will give any new user a ten dollar credit after they spend
1: twenty five dollars. And you can find the beers and the links, to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw and Chris. How can our listeners follow you?
0: You can find me on Twitter, not really, uh, <laughs> at Chris <laughs> underscore McKenzie 82, or you can find me on Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft.
1: All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new episode every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.